Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Hello, Ash. Hello, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. I'm really looking forward to our conversation with our guest today. Tonight? Mm -hmm. Today? Tonight? Um, and we've already started off with some high strangeness with microphones, cameras not working. Um, so this could be a sign of things to come. So we're fortunate enough to speak to somebody who we've spoken to a couple of times before. Um, and when we we first spoke to him, and the second time actually, we he was discussing about a book that he had in the works and was writing a book. And this was some time ago now. Um, and we're fortunate yeah. enough that we are joined by him today to not only discuss his personal experiences since we last met, but also his book. So he's published his book, and big welcome to Michael Cameron. How are you doing, Michael? Hi. Hi, Ash. Hi, Greg. I'm very well, thank you. Um, and Good. thank you for having me on your show again. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah, always back. a pleasure. Yeah, you're, you're like one of our most frequent guests, I think, apart from some of the roundtable people. I think you're... Uh, mm. You're our most frequent guest, so welcome back. It's really nice Thank to you. see you and speak to you again. Thank uh, you, guys. We've had some really good chats the last couple of times, so interested to, to now speak to you about everything that's happened since we last spoke. So we spoke to you about over a year ago now, must have been. I think it was longer than that. Was mm. it? I think so. Yeah, that's yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. Sorry we haven't had you on sooner, but we did want to wait until you written your book and you've now released over the last week last couple of weeks last week mm. released your book which is high strangeness a lifetime of alien and paranormal encounters um so yeah flying disc press which is through philip mantle you got yeah. your forward by paul sinclair oh yeah so, so that's really cool that's really cool so when we spoke to you you were going to document a lot of stuff that had been happening to you yeah. So could you could you if you can could you give us sort of a brief update of where where you'd got to before you started writing the book? So a very whistle stop tour of your your life that we had spoken about, and then how you come about starting to write the book. Yeah, well, you know, the the book comprises of different aspects of you know the high strangeness phenomena, you know, uh, from the paranormal. Um, to, you know, UFOs or UAPs, as we now know them to be called. Um, and, um, you know, alien abduction. Um, it, it also speaks about, you know, moving into um, when I started to investigate and research it to try to understand why it was happening. Um, not realising at the time when, the, when it was happening to me in my childhood home in London that it actually started to move with me, you know. I didn't understand it would, be, um, it would move around with me, this type of phenomenon, which was, uh, you know, not always a good thing. Um, 
and it, it also you know it talks about i discuss in the book i i briefly discuss in this book complex ptsd last year was diagnosed with complex ptsd which is um multiple um abuse basically over a period of time and it's which has not been resolved but just stays below the surface and you know plays and acts out and, and you know and it's something i want to um get into much more deeper and discuss on podcasts which i've been doing recently in america about the you know the mental impact on this type of phenomena on people not just in as an abductee but you know cryptozoology people that experience and have experienced paranormal phenomena throughout their lives and you know and the impact it can have on 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 them uh, so you know that this is a, a big thing i think and now we you know we're looking at disclosure partly dis- parts of disclosure and, and i think that part of it as well for the the impact it has on the mental health is something that should be addressed much more you know on podcasts and spoken about more openly um to you know to, to help people um so you know i've been asked to go and speak on the uap um medical um for the mufon um, by Jesse Peake. And um, so, you, you know, I'm hoping the writing of the book as well is, you know, will um, encourage people to speak about that more because it's, you know, it's a huge thing really. And and it's something that's not addressed, you know. In my book, I discussed that. It's, you know, when we talk about uh, PTSD and we talk about complex PTSD, you have a whole list of different, um, you know, types of abuse and stuff like that that impacts people but you know this type of stuff in the eye strangeness field is is obviously not recognized by the nhs but it's over the last year i've been pushing that forward through the nhs for this to be recognized and although it's quite you know the the medical profession are not so much trusted when it comes to this type of stuff um but you know I'm, i'm trying to make it more um you know get it out there transparent and for these people to you know to address it um you know but this is something that i'm pushing forward now you know definitely um that's something that we do we we talk to a lot of people that if like like you say they have these experiences they have trauma and ptsd as a result Mm. and not only do they have nowhere they can really go to professionally? You also obviously have the whole stigma and not being able to talk to anybody about it, let alone anyone professional. So what do you think needs to happen? What I mean, it's going to take a long time for, like, say, the NHS and things like sure, that. Sure, sure. To accept it. What, what, can, I mean, what can people do or what do you think needs to happen to help people like you that have had these experiences? Well, I've discussed it recently on the podcast that I did and, um, you know, we're going to between me and uh, the per, the host in the United States. You know, they're going to bring together a panel of people. You know, within this field to basically share their experiences to openly discuss it, and to you know, and to uh, see what we you know what we can what the conclusion is, what we can do within their own communities, until we can then get maybe reach out and get extra help from the outside with people that are more you know. Um, professionally trained in dealing with that you know i speak i spoke to um when i was diagnosed with complex ptsd 
I was speaking to a mental health nurse, a community nurse, you know, she, you know, she, and I, I sort of put it out there a little bit, you know, a little bit about eye strangeness to see, <laughs> put a feeler out to see what she would think. And she said that she's had experiences with hauntings and stuff like that. And she reads, you know, paranormal, a little bit of paranormal stuff. And then I spoke to her and I said, you know, well, I am a, an abductee, you know, she's, what do you mean? And, and I said, an alien abductee. And, uh, you know, there's a pause. And then um, she wanted to me to explain more, you know, but you often get that feeling, you know, are they really listening to you or is it, you know, just a joke, or, you know? Um, but she did, she was listening to me and she asked me for literature. What, who could I, what type of books could I read? Cause I want to learn about it. And, um, and I, I, you know, I mentioned the late John Edward Mack and the book abduction, you know, being that he was a professor of psychiatry. Um, and then, um, she, she, you know, she purchased a copy of this and, um, and she was reading it. So when I did see her every two weeks, she was asking me questions and she said to me that she would speak to people, um, you know, in the background to try to, you know, to see if there were any doctors that would be willing to take up the, you know, the mantle, so to speak, and to, um, and then try to bring together some sort of team in, in order to help people that have had, you know, that are suffering from PTSD, from any type of trauma related to, you know, this type of phenomena, as I said, you know, not just alien abduction, but the paranormal. Uh, you know, and um, and and see where we go from there. So this is what I'm doing at the moment. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I think that was one of the first things that struck me and Ash when we first spoke to you, because <clears throat> a lot of people don't see the video version. We don't really do a video version of this podcast, so they only get to hear you talking about your experiences we're fortunate enough um with all of our guests to actually have that face-to-face contact sure and that was one thing that struck me and ash when we first spoke to you was the sort of anguish we could see on your face like the i say anguish but you you could tell it was affecting you um and as you quite rightly point out somebody who's got any kind of complex PTSD um, especially for something where not really many people would openly say they've been through this kind of trauma um, it, it must be it must be a challenge for you right now anyway just to try and get some kind of like you say professional um, assistance with what mm. you've experienced but for those people out there that could, probably would never be able to speak about it, I think it it can only help them. I think, like Ash mentioned, the NHS, we're probably mm. a little bit down the line before they even recognise anything like this. Of course. But, but um, it's got to start somewhere, obviously. So I, I do... I do um, sort of congratulate you on trying to push push that agenda forward i mean what were in your eyes so just taking a slight step back in your eyes to allow us to get to the point where health professionals do take it i say Mm. seriously but do take it seriously how would disclosure need to happen to a sufficient point because it's all well and good saying 
there's stuff out there in the sky. There's these objects out in the sky. And we've spoken mm. about this on the podcast many times that we say there's a there's a big leap from there's some metal objects in the sky or potentially metal objects or whatever they are. There's something up there we can't explain. Then the other end of the spectrum in the whole sort of paranormal and UAP um, universe is people being taken against their will and things happening which they can't like process and explain why this is happening. So how can how can like the congressional stuff that's happening in a moment in disclosure, how can that help push forward your sort of movement of the complex PTSD around abductions? Sorry, that was quite a little question there. Well one of the, the I mean, one of the things that, you know, what I guess what a lot of abductees, I guess, are waiting for is in a similar way as to everyone in the community is waiting for, you know, is for it to be, I mean, people are talking about it now. The whistleblowers are coming forward. They're talking about it to Congress. Mm -hmm. But it's it's whether, you know, those, the powers that be that are, you know, whether, you know, that know about the abductions, are they willingly going to, openly disclose this to the public you know that needs to be you know this is something i swear is on the minds of many people will they talk about this openly or or will they keep silent about it i mean we can only go forward more openly if this is discussed in a you know in a such a um an important location in front of um, you know members of this uh, committee um but but I think if if it is disclosed, I think a lot more abductees, you know, may come forward and be given the opportunity to speak their case, and to you know to tell really people and in the world how they feel and how it's affected them. I don't think people, you know, um, have been given you know a platform to speak about. Um, you know, it's obviously a difficult thing to speak about because, as we said before, you know, seeing a, a craft in the sky or uh, an object in the sky is one thing, but then taking it to another level and saying, actually, you know what, I've been taken from the occupants of this craft. You know, how do you actually say that to somebody? And a lot of people, I mean, when I wrote this book, people were asking me, oh, Michael, you've wrote a book. And I was like saying to him, yeah. And they were like saying, what's it called? And I, I you know, I, I couldn't bring myself to speak about the abduction stuff. I spoke about the paranormal. I spoke about, you know, spirituality, which is in the book. But I, I couldn't open up. I felt um, almost like a panic attack, not under, not f- wondering how they would, you know, take me, you know. Um, and, and that's one of the things I think a lot of abductees have. It's difficult. I mean, we're speaking on podcasts, but in a way we're speaking to a community of people that are, you know, familiar with this. I mean, it, the everyday person outside of our circles, you know, they probably think we're potty. <laughs> even though the even though there is evidence and this you got all this going on in the United States at the moment you know um and i think some of them don't even care really because it's not they're looking at you know what will it do for us what it would do for them they don't understand i don't think the bigger picture and what's involved in all of this you know like seeing a, a ufo or a uap you know a lot of people shrug the shoulder to say what but within our communities We've been fighting, you know, for so long to have it openly discussed by, you know, members of the government, 
um, in in this fashion. But you know, but um, and for us, it is important. Every single person in their communities know how important this is, not just for now, but for the future. But um, it, it, and I think more and more professionals though will recognise this. Though you know, if it's openly discussed in in such a location in front of, you know, Congress, and you've got people in high-profile positions, you know, professional people, military personnel, talking openly about it, it will encourage, I think, medical healthcare, you know, uh, people to come forward and to say, how can we help? Um, but in the meantime, you know, it's, I think it's, it's just going to be met, if it isn't addressed, with scepticism still. And so, and then, if that's the case, then we have to, you know, we can only try and do as much in our own communities to help each other and support each other, you know, um, to make sure that we're okay, all of us. Well said. And you mentioned at the top of the show about the you being invited to talk at the UAP Medical Coalition. Yeah, uh, with, with I think Jesse Peake who runs that. Do you want to give us just talk a little bit about that and what what that is and the work that they're doing? Well, I was contacted by Jesse Peake from Youthon, and I think it's his partner, Debs, who's involved with it. Um, and it's got a, a panel of uh, professional people that have been involved in, you know, the healthcare profession. I believe there's also um, a member on the panel that is uh, a captain. He was a captain in, in the uh, American Army, I think he said. Um, and um, he, so it's got a, a, a group of different people with different skill sets and some of them have been involved with experiences you know uh trying to help them um and i I, you know i think what they're trying to do is what we're trying to do in the uk really is to create uh, um a you know a group of people that can reach out and support people in the communities that have been struggling um, and, it, you know, that's a step forward. But I think this is what we need to do in the UK. And as I, as I say a lot of the time on the podcasts, there's nothing in the UK for us, for any of us that, that have these, you know, for abductees, as I said, we do have, we talk about things, but there's nothing really set in place. We don't have support groups in the UK now. And the ones that we did have, I mean, I might be wrong. You guys might know of, of, of uh, one that I don't know of, uh, but... Um, you know, in the in the older days, we used to have there were a few support groups about that run by volunteers. But obviously, you know, with their own jobs and you know uh, home life and so much, you know, in general, um, that these began to fold. Um, but it's I think this is something as well that you know we need to try to create in the UK because in the United States, there's there's, there's a lot more going on there than there is in the UK. Um, and, uh, you know, I, this is what I try to encourage on the podcasts for it to be, you know, to um, for us to get together and create something much wider, bigger and uh, more meaningful within our community. So have you spoken with Dr. Daniel Stubbins? I have oh. had communication with the good doctor. <laughs> and obviously um, we're doing a study about ex- experiences and sort of the psychological effect and how we can talk how we can basically help in the future so that so yes how how's that gone talking to him and he's uh, he's actually going to be speaking isn't he uh ash at the uh, manchester yes um, yeah 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 i, I, I looked it up and i saw I, 
And I saw the good doctor speaking. As I, I, I call him the good doctor. <laughs> but, but I have communicated with him, yeah, in the past, when he was started his study in Cardiff uh, University, I believe. He yeah. was looking for volunteers. But when I, um, when I contacted him, it was through Hollywood, you know, Ollie Anwood, and um, also Sasha Christie spoke to me about him. And I did say to Sasha that um, I had um, actually contacted him and then we so that we had a series of uh, communication through emails. But at the time, he had already filled up his, you know, quota of the people that he needed. Um, and so, we, you know, we just we did have a little discussion about it. Um, but I think he's, a, you know, he, that's a good step forward to have somebody, a, a professional person like him. And he does remind me a little bit of um, John Mack. From that perspective, because I think you'll find that I, I think I, you know, I think he did say that he himself had been dissuaded to go forward with this um, because of his uh, um, pressure from the peers and you know a, a little bit of a subtle wrong into him. But you know, you know, fair play to him; he's ignored that and uh, carrying on with this. And I think that's you know that shows a brave man. Yeah, no, definitely. I know. I know you tried for quite a while to get the funding and for this and that last year yeah he finally got that funding yeah, but i'm looking forward to his talk seeing that yeah that, study and that that good. will be amazing talk that Definitely. will be an amazing talk i mean he did say um that about the funding he had to um i think he had to do it in one way in order to then get the funding mm. um I'm not, I'm not sure what way he was going to do it um but i, I know that's going to be an interesting talk yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. And that is UFO Identified Minicon, Sunday the 15th of October. <laughs> uh, very few limited tickets. Be there, we'll be square. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll be selling I've, merch, that's where you need to be coming. I've um, I've subscribed now, Ash, to it, um, to that, to your site, um, and um, hopefully at some point get there myself and get to meet your... Yeah, definitely. You can sign your book then for me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'll be rushing over to you both and say, come on, guys, sign the book. <laughs> so um, talking about, obviously, people having these experiences and not being support, what advice would you have for someone who's listening who's maybe never spoken about their experiences and how, basically how do you think they can get some support? Well, they can come forward and, and talk to people like ourselves, you know, that have had these experiences. And, you know, I mean, I've tried to encourage people through reading the books, reading my book and, read, you know, anyone else has had these experiences is a good um, point of reference to reach out to. Um, and also, you know, I'd, I'd um, say to contact the good doctor as well, people like this. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure he would do, you know, be open to listen to you and, and go forward from there. Um, you know, there's a lot more work we need to do, though, in order for this. I'm, I mean, I often say, though, how many people are not still step, stepping forward to talk about this stuff? There's probably a lot of people out there, out, you know, in the UK, in the United States, across the world, that have still not even had the courage to come forward yet. Still not fit, they've not felt safe in doing so, you know, especially if they've suffered a lot of ridicule. And I think a lot of us have, you know, and many of us in this in our own circles that we know 
have suffered from ridicule from uh, you know members of your own family members of your you know your friends uh, you know and, and it's a uh, you know it's a that's a big thing as well because that can um you know cause problems as well maybe not not so much trauma but you know it's not necessarily a, a nice thing either i think if you haven't got the backing of friends and family as well i think yeah that is an important um part because then you start to put in place like a support structure because like you say uh, and like we've mentioned there there is a big leap from lights in the sky and objects in the sky yeah. to okay i haven't just seen that but this has also happened to me and this has happened to me on more than one occasion um we've spoken um to some other people and like they won't even talk about what happened to them during their abduction case mm. because it is so bad um so and that's somebody in this community and has been in this community for a long time, written multiple books, talks all the time. And even he's just like, and, and I get that. I do get that there, there's some, some things that never need to be shared. I get that. But to be able to get to a place where there's an environment, a safe place for you, plus any else, anybody else who's experienced this kind of trauma through, um, an abduction or anything through the paranormal. Some people are highly impacted by paranormal events that happen to them. And I know sure. yourself, you've you've been um, party to to poltergeist and paranormal activity growing up. So uh, I, there needs to there does need to be some kind of support mechanism for you. And and currently, and I, I don't even know how disclosure even gets us closer because it's still seen as like a fringe part of the UFO or UAP community. Um, yeah, well, Because, the... I mean, at what point does the US government, they say, yeah, we've got the license card, mm. we don't know what they are. We've got crashed, a re retrieval of crashed um, craft with non-human biologics in it, um, of which we still don't know what they are. Yeah. But to go from that to say, you know what, along with all this my strangeness that's going on at the moment, these, these entities or whatever they are will come down at will. We can't stop them, see them or whatever. They will take people against their will. Things happen that nobody would in a million years want to experience. And there's nothing we can do about it. And those people haven't even got a voice. So I think even disclosures, not even that scratching the surface on the kind of assistance that you and other experiencers will need. So for you to be pushing that with the NHS and um, the, this coalition in America with Jesse Peak, I think that's, that's got to be a good start. And more people, if they can feel brave enough to even just take that first step. I remember we we spoke to you the first time. Mm. And that was one of the first times you'd sort of said anything to anybody sort of publicly. Yeah. Um, and and we still reference that that initial conversation with you, although we don't mention you by name, but we on podcasts we, we do highlight the fact that people 
do come to us with mm. accounts that they've never really been able to share before. And like you say, this community is, you've got like-minded people in the community, so you can say stuff on a podcast or multiple podcasts and people like me and Ash will we'll listen to you, we'll ask you questions and we'll we'll see, sort of try and sure. what we can. But if you were to just go straight to the Daily Mirror or straight on this morning, they would, the X-Files music would come on for a start. They'd rip you apart. They would. They would. <laughs> and it's, it's a sad state of affairs that somebody can't tell their story without this light, the, this beam of joke being shone over the whole thing. But that's the trouble, though, with the media still today. You know, there's very... I, I'm not sure if there's any. I mean, I was approached by uh, the Daily Star to do a talk because of disclosure, you know. And they said, you know, I'm an investigative researcher and um, I'm connected with various papers, then mentioned at the bottom of the list, the Daily Star. Would you be interested in doing an interview? And I, I uh, respectively declined on the basis that um, I don't want to be made a mockery of and I don't want the airfield of study to be um, pushed down into, you know, basically, um, you know, ridicule, you know, I want them to see that what we do in this community, it's not just a hobby, it's not just, you know, it's a serious business and we're all, you know, we're all, you know, trying to get the truth out there. And so, you know, I didn't want him to be, obviously, tell tell my story, then when it's, you know, shown in the newspaper, everything I've said has changed. And then it's basically like you said, Greg, you know, you've got the, about the X-Files, it's ridiculed, yeah. you know, but just to sell the newspapers, you know, but they, they need to understand though, that the people that are involved, like yourselves in this phenomena, you know, we don't, it's not a joke. It, has, it will have a huge impact at some point in the future of this world. And probably it's the most important topic to date in this world mm-hmm. um, because of the, uh, you know, because of the secrecy that surrounded it for you know for literally decades you know if there was nothing in it why have you hidden it for so long um you know so i declined and he said okay then th- thanks <laughs> so, and uh, and I, I mean in my book i do say that in my book because john edward mack himself quoted about this and said that you know the the uh, the newspapers and the media basically make a joke out of it and you know they were more interested in selling their rag newspapers than actually presenting the truth and getting the truth out to, you know, to the public, to the world. You know, surely that would be the, the biggest story ever, instead of, like, dragging us down and, and ridiculing us just to sell their their uh, toilet paper newspaper. So, anyway, I, I, I said no to that. I stuck with my integrity and said no. Good. So. There's a lot of sold their soul to the devil. <laughs> for a fast buck, I'll tell you. Yeah, well, you know what though, you know, it's if we if we start to do that, then they're not going to take us seriously, are they? You know, we need to, you know, show them that we mean business. <sighs> For sure, I felt good saying that. Hey, eh? you mentioned there about a lot. Greg mentioned a lot about the support network and stuff that kind of experiences need. <laughs> Definitely, um, and it's part because. When people do come forward, uh, and to make no bones about it, like it's very, very high prob- probability that you will get abuse, you will get the mm. comments, you will get people coming at you. Even within some sections of the UFO community, um, seem to 
attack each other for some reason, and that will happen uh, regardless mm. of who you are. So it's sure, sure. That you have that support network in place, otherwise you're going to get eaten alive. I mean, to be honest with you, though, Ash, I'm not really bothered about so much about, you know, what people think in the community. You've had these experiences and that's all you can say. But what I will say is, is that some experiences that you have are really, are really difficult to prove. You know, there's no, you know, like, uh, as I say, Dr. J. Um, Einick, you know, when he said about um, class, what is it? Um, close encounters of the second time with trace evidence, you know, it's difficult, you know, when you're having abductions or, you know, anything else, it's difficult to prove that, you know, because there's nothing there, you know, you can go into um, a landing site and maybe, you know, test the ground or, you know, for uh, traces of radiation or, or, or um, you know, or you may have, you maybe have somebody who's got implants and you may be able to, you know, take these, remove them and um, put them under a microscope, so to speak. And I'm just putting that in a very simple layman's terms because it's much more complicated than that. And, um, you know, you have something to look at, something to analyse, but in other aspects of this phenomena, phenomena you, haven't, you haven't got nothing. So it, th- this is when you can, you know, you, you can get the ridicule on that. And, you know, and that's a fair point as well. You, you, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. It's, it's, just, it's just an opinion, you know, but we do, you know, we do have these experiences and... Um, it, but this is where the, with the disclosure would help, you know. If they come out and said, you know, well, you know, this is happening, that would back it up a little bit more, because then they would have files on it, wouldn't they? Case files that then can be presented to the public, um, and you know that that's a, a really good point. <laughs> so, how has so in the past year said you got a clinical diagnosis? Yeah, with a complicated PTSD. Uh, so how has that sort of changed how you look back on your life and your experiences? Has it changed the way that you, you look back on it? Well, it certainly helps, you know, like um, you were saying, Greg, you know, it's it's to do with having um, somebody basically to sandboard, you know, um, to talk about this, you know, your own little um, counsellor in a way. Although, having said that, you know, it helps more, if I guess, if that person is familiar with the subject rather than, um, you know, not so much familiar with it. But it's, um, I mean, writing my book was very therapeutic because you were going through and reliving it Mm. again. You know, there was a lot of tears, actually, and and stuff happening when I was writing the book. So because you're writing every, you know, chapter, you're going through the different drafts and you're working through it. You're working through those emotions and, you you know, some of it you're looking back at from your childhood that's still sort of um that you've kept hidden that you've kept in the background but but writing the book did help me help me to you know to um to release a lot of that um a lot of that pain that i experienced you know because what you got to think about the book really most of the book is and the trauma related to my experiences are from my childhood so the trauma that i have now Mm -hmm. is is the trauma from the child because you know, during them times in the 1970s, in growing up in a strict Roman Catholic family environment, there was no one you could talk to. You know, even as I went forward, you know, as a teenager, as a young man, there was there was still no one around. You, you know, the the phenomena as it is today, it's much more. Especially with now we got the internet, social media, we're able to you know spread it the word more we're able to um you know uh, meet other like-minded people 
that have had these experiences, you know, in the in the wider field of the phenomena. And so that helps as well. I mean, but the, the therapy I have is talking therapy, you know, so um, it, it's just where, you know, I can go there every two weeks and discuss anything that's happening to me, can go back to my childhood and talk about that. Um, and, you know, the therapist I talk to, you know, she's interested in my book. She wants to read more about the phenomena, you know, um, and understand it. Um, so, it, it, you know, writing the book it is very, on. you know, when you write any book, it's difficult, as you know. But, um, it, but writing one that's more personal to yourself and going back and pulling out aspects of this pain, that you've experienced uh, decades ago, you know, it, it is, it, it is painful, but at the same point you are releasing, you know, I learned from people in my family to forgive them and mm -hmm. to forgive parts of myself. So it, it does help to do that, to, you know, to write it all out, you know, and with the different drafts that you did. So, um, you know, it's almost like you're, you know, you're you're um, getting rid of a lot of the negative and keeping a lot of the positive, and using the positive and actually to help other people within this. You know, within my strangeness. Do you feel like you've been unburdened by all the negative stuff since you've put it on paper? Yeah, I, feel, look, I guess you so. look like you have. You look from what I remember when we first spoke. You had a real kind of pained look on you like a like a really stress and i mean it in the nicest way you you did look like you you had anguish you really i did, did. And, and yeah now, you're right you're not you, wrong you, you're not wrong you do look you've got a lot more color in you you uh, maybe that's just the light but <laughs> but you do you do feel and sound more upbeat about the experience and the fact that you're now talking about it and you've spoken to all these other podcasts, I think mm. that that's testament to the fact that sometimes it's good to uh, offload. And if offloading is just talking about it to random strangers on the internet, like yeah, technically we are, it it can be it can be a positive um, or have a positive impact on your trauma i'm not saying that works for everybody it might not have worked for you to that extent but you do definitely look less burdened by the anguish that you suffered and if anybody wants to know exactly what we're on about mm. we've got the two other episodes that we've we've spoken to michael which we go into a lot of detail uh, and some dark places at times there was some dark places and the conversations went quite dark um that we, where you can hear Michael's story, which will be sort of book, almost wrapped up in a book, I, I'm assuming as well. So, yeah, you're not wrong, uh, Greg. You, you know, you're right. I mean, when I did your first two, there was a lot of this, you know, this pain inside of me, and um, you know, um, but but as I said, writing the book did help me a lot. You know, in when I write book two, which is the follow-on from this one, from this volume, um. You know, there is, you know, there is a lot of dark stuff in that, which I will be writing about. And as I said to you, there will be a trigger warning on the book um, because of the content which will be, um, you know, which I will talk about. Um, and again, this comes under the, you know, the experiences that I had. Some of them were quite terrifying that led, I, you know, at the time I didn't realize back then I was experiencing PTSD. I never understood that. 
back then. Um, and I guess even when I spoke to you guys the first and second time, it wasn't, uh, you know, I never even sort of considered it at that time. But it was obviously um, underlining, you know, in, in my in my mindset uh, um, and, you know, affecting me in other ways. Um, so, you know, one of my one of my goals within the phenomena as well is to, you know, to reach out and to help other people you know, um, and, and to encourage people to come forward and so that they can, you know, start to heal. And even in, if it's in small baby steps, it's a start, a beginning. And, you know, that's all that's required, really. But, um, but yeah, but it, it, it did. It did help me write in the book. You mentioned, obviously, talking to a therapist. Right, yeah. which, which which is great. I know that therapists can't talk about other patients and stuff like that, but as this particular therapist mentioned anything about having any other patients with similar experiences or, or not? No, she she's not. Well, the thing is, right, she's actually um, a mental health nurse in the community um, and she works with the GP surgery. So I was having the, um, the you know, the seasons in, the, in there in the surgery, but I asked her if my GP would be given details of her talks. And she said, not if you don't want to. And I asked her not to share my experiences with my GP because, uh, you know, he was actually um, a military doctor at one time, you know, um, uh, um, and, um, you know, I guess you, you worry a little bit what they're going to think, you know, because that's your surgery. <laughs> so, um, and she, she told me that they would she wouldn't pass that on to anyone, but she did. I did ask her that actually, yeah, if she'd come across anyone and she said, not at this moment in time, but you never know. Um, but maybe he will help her help them by me being the first in some way, you know? Um, and because I was given a reference, you know, points to go to and to look up on the, you know, on YouTube and various literature. And, you know, she was very, what I found interesting with, she was very open about it you know she wasn't you know i didn't see any sarcasm or anything like that she was listening to me she was you know asking me lots of questions i was given her um lots of information lots of feedback and she want, she just wanted to know really how this impacted my life and i guess you know um by doing that type of research herself it, it can only benefit her in helping other people that are having these experiences and i think you know and i i said to her there might be other people that you're that are your colleagues that could well be having these experiences but just not talking about them um you know because of you know a bit like the good doctor you know um it, it, because of peerage you know because of peers you you know you might be ridiculed you might because they're in high profile jobs you know i'm pretty sure you guys have come across many people when you're interviews that are in professional jobs, you know, perhaps, and, and um, you know, we'll only discuss it with, you know, with you guys or within these circles, but not outside of their own professionalism, um, you know, which is difficult as well. Yeah, for sure. We, like, we've had people and with me as well saying, like, don't mention my profession, don't put in my name and stuff like that. You know where I live and what my job is, people might be able to identify me. So if it's like a quite a unique job and stuff like that, so yeah, it's very, a uh, very real issue. Uh, I'm I so mean, understandably, it still is. I mean, I'd be well surprised. I'd be well surprised, Ash, if there isn't anyone in the you know the medical professions that have not had these experiences. You know, you know, it, 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 there's got to be a 
there's got to be loads of them and, and they're just not not talking. I mean, a lot if you think about it, a lot of the UFO whistleblowers now, what are they doing? What are they doing? They're coming onto podcasts, they're talking to people like us. And mm-hmm. and uh, they're not going they're not going to their own organizations, they're coming to us. They're coming to, you know, people like yourselves to speak about these experiences they're having because their own um, you know, their own military command are basically telling them to either shut up about it or it doesn't exist. When they know well you know, they know themselves by seeing it with their own eyes that it exists. And so where are they going to go with it? Well, you know, to what the media can consider to be the fringe. So it says a lot. Mm, definitely. definitely. So have your experiences continued since we, we last spoke? Is it still an ongoing? I it's ongoing, think. but not, in, but not as, as much. You know, there's a um, you, you know, there are happenings here and there, but not nothing as as it was. You know, not not it wasn't as bad as it was. It's um, it's calmed down a bit, but I do have you know the, the odd paranormal experiences, like a lot of people do, um, and a lot of the time, you know, last night I did have something which was you, you know, again it's broken up, which was more than coming in into remembering it as a dream, really which is, you know, being in an underground base among other abductees. But the only thing I would say is, I mean, I've been discussing this with a few people today, is that there was a, I was among um, abductees and there was a girl, you know, a young woman that was brought into the room with me and I immediately recognised there was someone that I've seen before here now. Um, But I can't remember any more than that. But it's just, again, it's broken up, it's fragmented. But... um, you know, it is what it is. Um, it, that's all it is. It was just that. Um, and, but it, it, you know, for me at the moment, what I'm experiencing is just the, you know, it's just the, as I was saying about the, um, you know, flashbacks, um, panic attacks and things like this, of this nature really at the moment. That I mean, uh, And it's, um, I, I seem to have, you know, I seem to, I do seem to have things happen to me after spoken on podcasts, you know. <laughs> so you know who knows but i mean the only beneficial thing i can say to that is if you're a writer you know you can jot it down into a journal and, and make something positive of, of it by creating a narrative and putting in the book you know that's the best way to channel it i think so you, you mentioned that um things uh, have sort of calmed down a little bit mm. which is obviously great um, and you're starting to experience some paranormal stuff. Right at the start, you were experiencing paranormal stuff. And I just wondered, is the sort of level of stuff happening now, is it on a level as to what it was before all this stuff happened when you were little? Or is it, what? can you explain what sort of stuff's happening now? Yeah, you know, just feelings um, or... or um feeling um entities around you um you know um shadows from the uh, you know from the peripheral vision um it's just you know it's just it's not as strong as it was it's just there you know you, you just notice certain shadows moving around in your you know your location i did have um, where i am at the moment where i'm living at the moment temporarily i'm on a farm in the oh, southwest, in the southwest of England, literally, if I look out my window, now, it's pitch black. You can't see your hand, 
anything. Is that you know? But some t- I was mentioned to somebody on the um, one of the cryptozoologists basically that um, I was I was outside here where I am now, and I was on the phone to somebody talking. It's pitch black, and then on the lane itself, I saw something standing there, which was like literally, you know some sort of creature. I don't know what it was. It, it was just a figure of it. I could see the figure of it. And it was blacker and black. It was blacker than black, as I can say it was. Blacker, so it's black out there, but it was darker than, than than the actual night. But when I was looking at it, it didn't have no... And I was saying to my friend on the phone, that there's something in front of me, literally on the, on, the, on the lane going out of the farm, and it's just standing there, just, you know, and it didn't have eyes, so there was no glowing eyes on it. It was just a dark figure. And it... And I have no idea what it was. And so, you know, because I actually, you know, at the time, and as I said to him, you know, at the time, you know, you don't think about it. I didn't take a picture, which pissed me off because I was annoyed about that, you know, because you should always take a picture, should you? But you're not in that frame of mind sometimes, you know. I could have got off the phone and said to him, oh, I've got to go now. And then, you know, quickly take a picture. <laughs> well, yeah, with your hand shaking. Um, and, um. But I, also I did was I went back inside and I put the spotlights on from the house um, and I went out literally within the grounds and I, I just couldn't see anything. But then um, about a month later, in the same spot, I was again talking on the phone because you can't get a really a good reception here unless you go outside into you know where the uh, farm equipment is kept. And I was, standing, I was standing there talking and all of a sudden I had a blue orb Literally like the size of a, I would say, um, a small, not a small ball, but um, a small little football size. And it, and it just, and it had like a plasma towel upon it, you know, on it. And then it went past me. It just was shot past me. It was silent. And it was quite, it was quite bright. And I was like saying to my friend, oh, there's a, a blue orb that's just gone past me. And then, it, and it just, you know, when I looked, I couldn't see where it had gone. Uh, I don't know if it just you know, vanished or it just took off so fast I couldn't see it. And I, so I had that happen to me. Um, but, but, you know, the property where I am, it's on the uh, ley line, the, uh, is it the, the Michael line uh, going through to uh, Glastonbury? So I don't know if that's connected in any way. I don't know if you guys are familiar with anything like that. It's not really my field, but. So there is just, you know, not far away here, just in front, you know, um, just a few clicks in front, when you go outside, is a there's actually a forest there that's quite that's been around quite a long time. So I'm trying to find out if there's any history to that and anything associated with that. Um, and there's another guy in the cryptology community that's actually trying to do some research to see if there is any paranormal experiences. I've spoken to a few people that are you know in the farming community, but they're really difficult to get information out of. You know, it's like blood out of a stone. They won't tell you nothing, but. You know, they do say that they see, you know, the black cats and everything, you know, which are quite um, common now to Somerset, uh, to this area. Um, and, you know, and I, I tried to say to them, you know, because, you know, they're quite old school, you know, a lot of them. And I say, oh, so do you see anything unusual? And they say, what What do you mean unusual? And I say, well, you know, lights in the sky, <laughs> lights in the sky or um, shadowy figures in the, in the uh, forest. And they just, they don't say nothing to you. They went, so I'm still trying to work at it, try to chip away at them, you know. Good luck with that. You know, but uh, yeah. So, but I'm pretty sure they got some good stories, you know. Hmm. It's just trying to get it out of them. I might have to offer them, you know, go down to the pub and get them a cider. <laughs> <laughs>
Definitely. <laughs> that might do it. <laughs> so your book, High Strangeness, A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters, do you want to give us a brief overview of the type of things that were included in, in your book throughout? So yeah, well, you know, it took... Paid off life, it covers that sort of thing. Yeah, it took us about a brief history of the of the the location of my childhood home, which is, you know, when I was doing um, writing the book, I found out a few things about the location which was quite interesting throughout history um which may have a, a you know a bearing on why there was paranormal paranormal activity in the house poltergeist activity um and talks about you know the immediate because the book is focusing primarily on the uh, my childhood home which was a schoolhouse uh, situated inside the grounds of a junior school which still exists to this day um which was owned by the church basically um, and it talks about the paranormal activity, paranormal um, poltergeist and, you know, uh, disembodied voices, uh, entities moving around the house. It talks about, um, you know, the, uh, the sighting of what would be considered, you know, Spring Hill Jack. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that type of. Yeah. And so that there is a, something I had as a child with this particular, uh, you know, whether it was a, a man or you know some sort of entity i don't know but there is a there is an experience there when i was a child with this particular um figure uh, or character um it, you know it goes in talking about the sighting of a craft with my brother sean at the time um so it's it's a and it, i mean the, the book itself it sort of goes through a theme of you know the paranormal into the UFO sighting into the MIB, you know the Men in Black, um, and and it begins to you know I had a, an experience which wasn't a, a near death experience, but I had a, when my my dad passed, so I speak about my dad passing, my relationship with my family, my but mostly my dad, and uh, the difficult experiences with him, um, and. Um, and I talk about a time when he passes and I have a, you know, I have a sighting of him. Um, and then I, just after that, I have an experience where I'm able to have a, a meeting with him, a face-to-face contact with him basically outside the body. But, you know, I do stress it's not an, a near-death experience. It's different. It's not an NDE, but it's similar because there is a, a rainbow-type tunnel um involved which is often you know um recognized in the nde uh, phenomena but um and but then it it talks about my then trying to understand this type of phenomena what 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 what's happening to me why is this happening to me is there other people that have this and if not you know why is it me why have i been singled out for some you know reason and again you know i like to stress because people do say this to me you know somebody said this to me um oh michael you know you're special or you're chosen i want to emphasize and stress no i'm not i'm not special i'm not chosen i don't believe that i'm any of those things because that's important to know because this is not a laughing matter that you know these are real people that are involved in this phenomena and some of the experiences they have they shouldn't be having you know, they should be having nice experiences. You know, they should, you know, I mean, you, you know, to, to be fair, you know, people do have the good experiences though, you know, so it's all not negative. And I do, I do show this in my book as well, that I've had good experiences as well, but not necessarily in the abduction. 
um but more when you know as i um as i go through my life i begin to open up spiritually and um and experience spiritual experiences that are positive that are good so so the book is a bit of a balance and as it goes as i go into book two there are darker stuff there is a dark theme to it but again it grows it begins to move out into more of the much more positive you know and and that has to be stressed as well um although we do have these experiences and they can be dark and they can be frightening you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that's what we you know that's what we should be pushing for you know because it's the you know it's the dark stuff that tries to keep us you know in a certain place um and and what we what we're trying to do what i'm trying to do with that is when we you know show people as well you know that that doesn't necessarily have to be the case we can take we can take positives from the negatives and uh, you know transform them and and you know my my emphasis on that is to always to help other people um and to, to you know to recognize this um and you know when i was growing up as we said before you know there wasn't for many many people there was no safe place for them to go there was no one you could talk to and that's you know that's a scary thing and it's a dangerous place to be it's in some time you know for some people but now you know we can we we can move forward a little bit more with this and um you know move into a much more positive theme amazing amazing so that's high strangeness a lifetime of alien and paranormal encounters by michael cameron available on amazon.co.uk or amazon.com in paperback hardback on kindle kindle limited and even on audio if that's your takes your fancy you like to listen rather than read it's uh, available on there so thank you very much we'll also put the link below thanks ash thank you click on there to buy it thank you again for third time being yes. on the show for a time yeah, a hat trick right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> congrats with the book uh, wish you all thanks the book Ash. this one and with the second definitely. one coming up yeah um, yeah definitely. we feel chat. your pain on writing a book so um yeah we're, we're there with you on that journey <laughs> pursuit of the paranormal with ash and greg